Welcome to Inside Personal Growth Podcast. Deep dive with us as we unlock the secrets to personal development, empowering you to thrive. Here, growth isn't just a goal, it's a journey. Tune in, transform, and take your life to the next level by listening to just one of our podcasts. Hey, welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. This is Greg Voice and the host of Inside Personal Growth. And joining me from, you're in what city right now today? You never know when authors are traveling. <laughs> Basking Ridge, New Jersey. He's in New Jersey, which is his hometown. And we have Aaron Salco on, and he has a book called The Ninth Stratum, Your Guide to High Performance. And you can see it over his shoulder, and you can see it in front of me, too. Um, I'm going to say I complimented him already this morning, but probably one of the best laid out books to actually go through it from an instructional standpoint of what you need to do. It's very instructional, very informative, uh, a lot of wisdom. And if you're looking for high performance, um, Aaron and the company that Aaron works with is a, is a place to actually get that high performance. So Aaron is the founder and creator of the Ninth Stratum. He's a sales management professional with the innovative solution-based company, Stephen Gould. Uh, Aaron has demonstrated a history of talent development, innovation, creativity, and organizational growth for more than two decades. He's focused on human performance in both career and life in highly competitive, entrepreneurial-based global sales environment with an intense concentration on exploring how the science, and I want to report that, science underline, and mechanisms of human behavior, psychology, and social interaction, and human psychology apply to performance. His life's desire is to help individuals attain the highest level of performance in order to achieve success in their career and find purpose and fulfillment in life. I'm going to underline purpose and fulfillment as well, because that's the key to getting to high performance. Um, and his new book is called The Ninth Stratum, as we said. Aaron, welcome to the show. Greg, thank you so much for having me. Uh, you're so welcome. And thanks for taking this time today, you know, to impart not only what this book it is about, but really what people need to change in their life to get there, right? And yeah. it's always about a change that we all have to make, right? And with that, you wrote in the preface of the book, with a desire to make a difference in people's lives by providing a pathway for others to follow in order to optimize their performance and improve their trajectory. I love that uh, for future success. With regards to your personal story, I got very brief with our listeners on your personal story. What compelled you to change your own trajectory and make changes to become a higher performer? Because I know, you know, look, there's always that ego inside our head. We're not enough. And then the question is, where is enough? And when do you really just love yourself for who you are? Right. Because mm. at some point, you know, I've worked with mountain climbers, climbed all the highest sevens, seven summits. These guys are just pretty intense individuals. So in your own life, what was it that kind of got you to, to say, OK, I'm going to join this company. I'm going to write a book. I'm going to be the guy that's about high performance. Yeah, I mean, I, I, obviously, we all don't start out like that. Um, 
performance in general is, is very intriguing, I think, to all of us. You know, how do we get better? How, do, how are we better than we are yesterday? How do we stay on top once we get there? Um, but my own personal story has a lot of uh, ups and downs of, of, of performance. You know, as, a, as growing up in a, in a, in a, um, a, a great, hardworking household, um, there wasn't a lot of acknowledgement for work. You know, so you work was something we did, right? Um, I remember at age seven, standing on a milk crate, washing the dishes at my family's restaurant. And, you know, as a, as a classic Gen Xer, uh, when we don't get acknowledged for work, what do we do? We work harder, right? We, we work towards that acknowledgement. And, you know, that's sort of the path I followed, you know, whether it was sports, whether it was a job. Um, once I got into college, you know, I was kind of lost. I didn't really know what to do. My father was a psychologist. My mother was an educator. And, um, you know, one of the main things that that propelled my initial desire to achieve was you know, my father had passed away at the age of at the age of 43. I was about 17 years old and I had a younger brother, younger sister. And, um, you know, that that showed me, OK, you know, you need to now take this and go because there, there's not going to be a lot of support. I told my mom, hey, take care. Take care of my brother and sister. I got I got this. And so that that I think really propelled me on my on my trajectory for trying to achieve the highest type of performance I could find. And there's a lot of failures along the way. You know, I got into college, didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, discovered uh, sports medicine and, and physical therapy, and jumped into that, and um, came out and realized it wasn't what I wanted to do. Um, and ended up working for uh, this company, Stephen Gould Corporation which is a global solutions expert. Um, and basically it was uh, something I had never done. Uh, you know, sales was, I guess, ingrained with in, in me due to the restaurant business. But um, hopping into this, I had to go and learn and, and understand business and supply chains and learn manufacturing. And so what I did was I dove into books and I began to learn and then apply and then try to improve. And so there's the, you know, there's that first, that, that first jump or that first pathway into um, trying to reach the pinnacles that I, that I wanted in my career, which was, okay, how do I become the best salesperson in this, in this environment? Um, What's well, interesting. There's kind of a common theme. I've interviewed so many people, including myself. And, you know, when, uh, in this case, I was the youngest, not the oldest, lose a father at an early age. Um, yeah. The responsibility, responsibility that you choose to take on requires you to become a higher performer. I, I yes. think it's part of the situation. I'm not saying all men who've lost their fathers at early ages become high performers. What I am going to say is if I probably did a survey, you'd probably find that many of them took on much more responsibility. Sometimes that creates anger in people uh, and frustration for having to do that. And for other people, it propels them. And I think what we're looking at is the psychology of this propelling a new trajectory, as you say. In other words, how do I get there? And you mentioned in the ninth stratum, it's a daily operating stratum of high performers. You state that it's the highest level of performance in pursuit of self-mastery. Now, we've gone from 
zero to 100 on the scale in about three seconds here. Um, there's a lot of levels in between, and we're going to get to those. I just want to let the listeners know this, but can you, can you, what are the three critical elements of performance at this level? Yeah. Let's so, that's start a great at the question. top, and then we'll go back down, and we'll work our way through the stratum. <laughs> hey, why not, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> there's no rules to this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, you know, Greg, I, I do want to point out one thing that you mentioned, which is really important. Uh, to anyone out there that's going through that that time in their lives, you know, when, when my father passed away, there's a decision. We all come to that decision. We can go left or we can go right. right. And, you know, we do have to get through those emotions of um, anger and you, you go through that whole that whole pro- process. But, yeah, it, it, it came down to a decision that I had to make on my own to say, OK, I want to fight for this. I want to go 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 to that next level. Well, but, but you're, you know, you know, think about this. You've become a studier of physiology, psychology, human performance. Uh, you said, you know, sports medicine. Let's just, just look at that. Um, anything having to do with an athlete or performance has to do with mind, body, spirit. Yeah. Uh, the ninth stratum is the connection between mind, body, spirit. And if people think they're going to leave body out, they're totally wrong. Because you're not going to get to the ninth stratum. It's probably one of the most important things. What do you do for the care and feeding of a great body that can perform every day? Um, I know because I'm going to be 70 years old in July. And to actually keep on top of things, you've really got to have a program. right? Amen. <laughs> okay. Amen. So, <laughs> so I just tell people, you know, if we're at this top, you know, what are the three critical elements? Because I think yeah. they're important. You point them out. They, they are. They are. So, you know, the ninth stratum is that level of high performance, right? And when we talk about a specific skill or something that you're performing in the ninth at, you know, what we look for is how, how high is your competency? You should have the highest degree of competency of that skill. Your consistency and application of that skill should be, you know, daily. Um, and then the last part of it is your ability to, to, to formulate your own process and teach that process to others. That's when you know you've attained the ninth stratum in anything that you're doing, whether it's a skill or maybe a career task or, 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 or anything in life. So, Aaron, there's a lot of listeners out there, and I think there's a pretty common question. How do we make ourselves first? Okay, so here's the deal. I'm a doctor. I'm a nurse. I got to go into the hospital and do surgeries. I got to take care of people by their bedside. Oh, I was supposed to exercise today. Oh, I was supposed to read last night. Oh, I was supposed to do something that's piling up. But because of the demands in my life, and this is everybody, Aaron, how do they make themselves first? Because I think most people, they basically will postpone because they have all these other things that said they have to do it. Yeah, Greg, there, there's two things that that no one can give to us. You know, I can give you the pathway to high performance, but I can't give you two things, desire and effort. Now, mm-hmm. you have desire and effort. Okay, we, we, we've, got, we've got the basic, we've got the foundation now. You know, and putting yourself first is so important. There's so many ways we can make excuses not to. But part of the, the, the curriculum of the ninth stratum is developing those performance-based routines 
and really analyzing, self-reflecting and analyzing, okay, where do I begin to position myself so that I can take advantage of personal health? How do I make changes for my for personal nutrition? How do I fit time in for personal development? You know, three critical things. And mm-hmm. trust me, there's time. If you look, you'll find it. How much time do we spend scrolling, you know, uh, in the mornings before work when we could be using that time to set ourselves up for a stronger day with higher focus because we had a good breakfast, we worked out and we, we bathed the brain in, in all the, 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 the chemicals that, that uh, exercise releases, right? And then, you know, getting to that point where we're walking into work with a calm mind because we haven't been distracted or, or set off by triggers in social media, in politics, in, in whatever it is that we're reading before we get into the workplace. How balance is a big part of that. And you've outlined 45 skills and categories. Um, You have mentality. So within these mentality, uh, cognitive abilities, mastery of emotions, social interactions, and personal health. Let's not leave any of those out. Can you speak with the listeners about some of the skills? Because there's 45 of them, and I don't think we have time to cover all 45 in those categories, um, but then really pick out some. But more importantly, Aaron, how can we develop them and take time for them and put them as a priority? Yeah. Be- because first- it's, it's easy to talk about these things. It's very challenging, Aaron, as you know, to actually execute on. I, I agree, Greg. And, you know, 45 sounds very intimidating. Um, I've gotten that feedback. But the way we break it down is we, we've broken down the 45 into what is the essence of human performance. And you just went through it, mentality, cognitive abilities, mastery of emotion, social interaction, personal health. Everybody forgets about personal health, by the way. Um, and so if you look at all these skills within it, you can look at your career and analyze your career or your aspirations and say, okay, what are the critical skills necessary for me to be high performing in, in, in that career? And mm-hmm. you don't have to develop them yourself. You can go ask somebody who you feel is high performing in the career and say, hey, here's a list. What makes you great at your job? And they'll pick them out. Give me 10, right? They'll pick them out. And you'll, now you have your 10. And that's when you begin to lean in and go through the stratums of learning, the, the, the nine stratums of performance, utilizing that to get to your goal. And when you look at the nine stratums of performance, um, you know, it's a, it's a learning scale. It's not good or bad. It's not A or B. It's not a Likert scale of like always or sometimes. This is a self-analysis of where you are in the learning and um, uh, improvement and then self-mastery of these skills. So it's, I think, it's very- I think for my listeners, sorry, but this book is also, it's, it's hard to call it a manual, but I'm almost going to call it a manual, okay? Because once you get this, listeners, this book, you literally can go through this and almost treat it back as a reference guide. Go back to it as a reference guide. Keep going back. Um, I'd encourage you reading it and highlighting it in between and then taking those highlights and take a picture with your phone and then shoot a shot and maybe put that piece of paper somewhere near your desk because that would be the synopsis version of this book. Now, you 
you state that understanding the fundamentals of the nine traits of high performance are important uh, to attaining the ninth stratum. I said we started at the ninth. So there's a lot of them up in between. There's eight before we get to the nine. What are the nine traits and what are some of the ways to develop and inculcate those traits into our being, into our yeah. essence. It's it's like, hey, dude, you and I can sit here and talk all day long, but unless somebody knows the psychology and how it relates to the physiology and how that relates to the neural pathways to actually make this happen, it's like just psychobabble. Yeah, fairy dust, right? Right, exactly. So so I'm not saying that the listeners will get it all, but if you could say, hey, from a psychological standpoint, maybe this is what you might want to think about, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and the nine traits, you know, studying high performers, we not only studied high performers, we studied the low performers too, right? The, the low performers taught us the most. But, but, you know, when we look at traits of high performance, all these traits are are relative to skills, that that embody the traits and so you know to go through a couple of them you have goal focused right those who embark on the journey to become elite in their field do so in order to attain specific life goals these people have traits of high drive perseverance visionary thinking focus and organization right and so what we did with these traits is what do you relate to um what rings what rings true in your life as you self-reflect of who you are as an individual, you know, you have other traits such as knowledge driven, network driven, experience focused, personal growth driven, and then disciplined in self-evaluation, right? These are those nine traits that we see high performers um, possessing uh, as they move through. And it's not just one trait. Many high performers possess, you know, uh, eight or all nine sometimes. But all these traits have those those skills that are related to them. And so, yeah, you can look at skills and you can say, OK, hey, this is the trait I most likely agree with or, um, uh, you know, feel feel emotionally attached to. And then you lean in and say, OK, what other traits should I be, begin to develop? Well, you know, in high performance, we've had Stephen Kotler on here so many times. And I mentioned this to you before. Yeah. No, when you're trying to flow genome project or flow research project and you're trying to hack flow, you know, to get to the highest level of performance, and I've had a lot of high performance coaches that have been on the show, um, there are some things. And one of the big things about people that are high performance is they're curious. The first, yeah, part. Be, yeah. they're highly curious. They always want more knowledge about something, right? But then they define a purpose, okay, which drives that curiosity led to finding a purpose in something, maybe in one thing. I'm going to be the highest performer in high jumping. I'm going to be the highest performer in basketball, whatever it might be. I'm using sports, but it could be in a lot of different things, right? So yep. you have a graph in the book that shows the nine stratums. Now we're going to get to the nine stratums of performance. Sure. It's very visually compelling. The graph, I mean... I hopefully what I can do is have my assistant pop this graph up uh, during this video portion of this. But if you're listening on audio right now, trust me, go to the website 
And check out his website at stratum, S-T-R-A-T-U-M hyphen nine dot com. And find this graph because the graph is, is very important. Um, and I say much like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, your chart addresses the scale of knowledge, our consistency of application, and our competency. So when you look at the graph, it's got that that's the axes of the graph. Um, that are required to reach the top realm of performance, which you're calling the ninth stratum. I love the terminology. Thank Can you. you speak about these stratums in generality so the listeners can get some perspective because some people are going to be listening to this on audio and they're not going to get it. Uh, but if you are getting to it, I'm going to get, I'm going to say, go to stratum-9.com. If you do anything, print a copy of Aaron's graph, because once you look at the graph, you're going to kind of get the whole book. But the yeah. reality is, do get the graph, okay? Absolutely. And you have the tool on there, right? Over on the section, we can actually go to resources, yep. or performance library, or the Ninth Stratum resources. So just go to the Ninth Stratum resources, take the assessment, and get the damn graph. That's all you got to do. And buy the book. All right. It's so, just that easy. It's just that yeah. easy. So just right. tell us about this graph. I mean, I, I think the graph is exciting because it's a new way to look at it. It is. It is. And, and you know, I'll break it down real simple. This is the graph. You can look at it and be like, OK, there's, there's some complexity here. But basically, the nine stratums are, are very simple. So first stratum, right? You have no idea what the skill is. You know, you're not paying attention to it. It might, it might just be a behavior. Right. The second stratum. Well, you know what the skill is, but you might be stuck in your ways. You know, it might be just, again, you're, you're just in a behavior uh, more or less. Might I now, say third... something? I'm sorry. Yeah, sure. I'm gonna, I got to say this because what you are saying says to me, and I, and I, I know it's in the book somewhere, awareness. Awareness. Complete awareness. awareness. Yes. If you're unaware, one aware. simple word is aware of what you're doing. You know, I've always yep. said, Aaron, and I'm going to let you go because I, I, I want to make sure you get this in. Yeah, no if, you, if you had a camera watch you all day long and somebody then played back the video, would you like what you saw? Probably not. Uh, point made. So if you want to get to the ninth stratum, now have someone play a camera and now play it back and say, I was being at my best. Yeah. Right? We'll no matter what it is. How you treat people, how you treat others, how you speak to people, how you walk, the gym you go to, all that stuff. So tell us this graph because this thing is so cool. I'm yeah, going to no, get a no. picture of it right now. <laughs> no worries. So so we got past the second stratum, which is you're, you're now aware of the skill, but you really don't care about you know how it's affecting your performance. Then you get to the third stratum, and that's the aha moment that everybody has, whether you got negative feedback like, hey. You got to fix this skill, right? It's, it's affecting the way you're, you're performing. It's affecting your career. And the person goes, oh boy, I better get this, this right. So mm -hmm. what do they do? The fourth stratum, they go and seek the tools, the resources, the coaching. So they're looking for information. In the fifth stratum, they've, they've attained that information, right? And they begin to absorb the knowledge. They begin to use the coach. They begin to read the book, right? Watch the video. And then they get to the sixth stratum. Sixth stratum is the scariest for everybody. Why? 
because you finally have to apply the knowledge that you just learned. And guess what? You're not going to be good at it. Nobody is the first time. So, so take that step into the sixth stratum, be messy, understand you're doing something new and embrace it because the sixth stratum then gets you to the seventh stratum where you begin to practice the skill. And you're, you're, with, with practice, you gain more awareness of when you screw up, right? You're hyper aware of that. You're getting more consistent. You know, you want to improve, right? Because you see that you see the light at the end of the tunnel. Then you get to the eighth stratum. And man, at the eighth stratum, you got to dial it, right? You're like, hey, I do this all the time. Um, you know, I've got a good process for it. You know, I'm, re- I'm gaining a lot of confidence in this skill. And then that leads to the ninth stratum. And in the ninth hey, stratum. Hey, for my listeners. There we go. There, there we go. Is. Now you it. guys can actually see what he's talking about. So go Look ahead, that. Aaron. That's it. Absolutely. Finish, finish strong with ninth stratum, right? That is the stratum of teaching and mastery. You're highly consistent. You know, you're, you're, you're very competent in the skill. You've actually developed your own process for the skill. And man, you can teach that process to others. And so that, that is what that high performance, that, that mastery of the skill looks like. And the one thing about the ninth stratum is, you know, it's not perfection. I don't like the word perfection. I don't believe it exists. But I do believe that when you reach the ninth stratum, you're always in pursuit of perfection. And we all know that doesn't exist. So you're always looking to improve. Every day you wake up uh, asking yourself, how can I be better than I was yesterday? And that is what the ninth stratum is all about. Well, look. For my listeners, I threw this up because it's visually it's so compelling and important. You know, to go from unaware, unconcerned, which is the absence of knowledge, to seeking knowledge, realization seeking, to attainment of knowledge, attaining, to application of knowledge, practicing, to the continued pursuit of knowledge. You'll notice there's one word in there. Knowledge. Knowledge. Every time it's knowledge, but knowledge can only be attained by either somebody outside providing you new knowledge or you knowing and applying what you know. I got to tell you a quick story. I decided that I wanted to make my own bread. I've never baked bread before in my entire life. And I decided to make bread one day and it was a bust. And I took it out of the oven and I said, hey, kids, I have two daughters, 14 and 11. I said, hey, kids. Um, this is dad's sixth stratum bread. <laughs> so I'm, I'm practicing making bread right now. And it was, it wasn't great, but guess what? Uh, yesterday I, I, I threw another batch in and it got better. So now I'm practicing in the seventh stratum. There you go. It's, it's that simple. And, and it, it isn't, and it isn't gluten-free bread. It is. Yes. <laughs> it might, or it, it could be. Well, if it is gluten-free bread, it's a lot harder to make, which is probably oh, yeah, why okay. you made, which is why you made some mistakes. But you can yeah. get, as you know, I just had a uh, Michael Kirpin on here. Um, it did a National Geographic on uh, the five power foods, and mm, you know yeah. the flower. The flour we have in the United States is horrible, but the I flour you. The flour you get in Europe, look, you don't need to go gluten-free if you bring in European flour. I agree with you 100%. Okay. So the reality is, is that it's all about what we've done in growing our wheat here in this country. Um, actually, the Blue Zones guy was on here as well. 
And, you know, when you speak to these gentlemen who studied this all their life, you're like sitting here going, okay, these guys know what they're talking about. We have people living to its longevity. They're living yep. to over 100 years old in these regions of the country. Dan was just blew my mind with the interview that I did with him. And then uh, Kirpin, and then right there at Cleveland Clinic, uh, we're going to have Michael Rosen on speaking about oh, uh, the golden age or the golden change, whatever his title is, book. But the point is, is that, look, you are trying to make gluten-free bread. That's a tough one to make. So this book is really organized well. I've said that three times so far. Could you tell the people how the curriculum has been developed and then give a brief overview of the chapters and the consistency of cadence of learning? Because, you know, look, this is not like a lot of books. I'm just going to say yeah. that. It's really like, hey, I'm going to go to class. Okay. If you're going to go to class, go to class 10 to 15 minutes a day, read 10 pages, apply what you do. And this book has actually been put together in a cadence. Yeah. Right, that you yeah. could do that. A hundred percent, and I appreciate that um, immensely. You know, I, I'm a I'm a lifelong learner. I love to learn, and the one thing I didn't like about learning is when somebody said, "Hey, just go do this," because I said so. Right, and that is not what I wanted to do in this book, and that and I didn't. I I I backed everything with the sciences of psychology, physiology, human biology, right, to make sure that people understood why I'm telling you to do this in order to improve your performance. And, you know, it's, uh, I wanted to almost like raise my hand and say, Hey, listen, don't, don't look at me. I, I'm, I'm going off the science here. And if you do this, you're going to see a result. And so if you look at the curriculum of the book, we start with the basics. We, we obviously we go over the foundation of nine stratum, all the 45 performance-based skills and, and what that looks like and how to understand it. But then we get right into the first chapter, which is how are you showing up? You know, how are you presenting yourself to the world? What do you, how, when you get dressed, do you feel radiant and confident or are your clothes drab and they don't make you feel confident so that you can present yourself well? And so there's a performance lift right there. Just wearing things that make you feel good, make you look good, right? Can I be, can and, I be just like, can I be just like yeah. Steve Jobs? I always put my black t-shirt on in the morning, you know, we, he would always show up and the only thing he ever had on was a pair of jeans <laughs> and a black, black t-shirt. Right. Yep. And if that makes you feel good, I think here's yeah. the point, you know, in today's world, dressing for success is a little different. Um, yes. We see plenty of people that are billionaires that don't look like they're dressing for success. Right. Um, they're not wearing, uh, $3,000 suits from, you know, Brooks Brothers or whatever. And right. I think you're right, though. It's what makes you feel good, Absolutely. right? And I've seen people get on TED Talks and you're thinking, wow, what are they wearing, right? Yeah. Uh, but the reality, when they open their mouth, you didn't care what they were wearing um, because they had the knowledge, Right. Uh, now, I know you're coming from the sales world. So in the sales world, it's kind of like, OK, Greg's got his suit jacket on today oh, um, yeah. kind of thing. So I think it's important, but I'm just here to say the book is laid out in like a curriculum. But don't look at it that way. You can pick it up anywhere and open it up and learn something. You could just turn to page 105 
and start reading. It's great that yeah. way. Yeah. Now, you speak about the achievement mindset and the truth of first impressions. It's what I just was talking about. Yep. You know, the first impression is, oh, well, okay. Uh, that Steve Jobs doesn't look so good. Shaggy beard, whatever. Uh, can you speak to this achievement mindset and how to make better first impressions? Um, yeah. And, and I want to go to the psychology, if you can, because I know you know this, of listening. Mm, man. One of the most important performance-based skills. Can't stress it enough. But, you know, that, that achievement mindset, you know, is the one that, you know, you don't think about failure. You know, failure is there as a guide. It's used strategically, like how will this fail, you know, and, and how to mitigate failure. But it's not like I'm going to fail. So the achievement mindset is built through these discipline and habits and routines that we talk about in the book and how to get from, you know, even the stratums, if you, if you look at the psychology of, of, of goal setting or of, uh, of mindset, you know, it's achieving those little goals to gain confidence. When you gain confidence, you're, you're more apt to drive for performance because, because you know, you can, right. That's, that's the epitome of the nine stratums, but you know, the, the, the achievement mindset is if you have that mindset, the way you're presenting yourself to, to the world and the first impressions you're making, well, look at, you're showing up more confident. You're, you've practiced, you know, right? So, so you know what your body language looks like. You know how your emotions can affect others. And you know how to listen and listen with empathy too. You know, mm -hmm. don't just listen to the words, you know, try to really understand what the person that you're engaging with is going through. And then that's when the magic really begins to happen. Yeah, and you know, you were talking about this confidence, and confidence goes along with people's fear of failure. And I actually think many times, I'm going to flip this, and a lot of my listeners have heard this, you have a fear of success. Mm -hmm. You don't really have the fear of failure, but you, you do, you know, if there's a lack of confidence or you see somebody eroding in an area, and they say, oh, I'm afraid of, and what are you afraid of? And then you say, really, are you afraid of that? Are you really afraid of the opposite of that? Which is really, you know, in this case, oh, I'm afraid I'm going to go broke. Or no, are you afraid of having a lot of money and what that might bring? Or yeah. the challenges that might come from that? And it's not just money. It's fame. It's money. It's fortune. It's success. It's all the other things that go along with it. Um, I like and for you to... Go just ahead. on that point, many times, you know, our fears are our self-imposed prisons, right? You know, we begin to fear because our turbulent mind is going down all these pathways. And really what we should be looking at fear is we should be embracing fear because fear is really just our subconscious telling us, hey, I haven't experienced this yet. I don't have the data to back it up or, or to understand what to do next. And that's when we need to embrace fear, lean into the fear and just and go and understand that, hey, we're not going to be great at it first. We're going to make mistakes. It's a new experience, but that's what gets you again to that seventh, eighth, and ninth stratum. Totally. And, but fear too can have the physiological attachment of anxiety associated with it. Yes. And I know many people then go into having anxiety attacks. I'm not going to say this because I'm not a doctor, but I've been around this enough and have spoken to enough doctors. That if you move your body 
more, you are going to reduce the propensity toward those anxiety attacks. And what I mean by that is, well, don't just go get Prozac because some doctor said, here's some Prozac for your anxiety. Basically, do Tai Chi, do yoga, do meditation. Try every alternative practice first before you actually go down the medication route. And, and if you would do that, you might find you might not need that. And I think anxiety comes from that fear. That fear is constantly with you. I get that it can be debilitating. In my life, I used to go through a panic attack. So I get this, folks. Um, yeah. You have panic attacks are real. I get that it's real. It's physiologically it's happening. But to break that cycle, that's what we're talking about. You need to break the way in which you have planned your day so that you can get through that. And I know I'm talking to a lot of listeners out there because there's a lot of people that deal with anxiety and still have anxiety. Um, I'd like for you to address the key points of focus, which include routine. That's what we're just talking about. A new routine, new habits. All right. I've had all the habit guys on here. Clear, you name them. They've all, they've all been on. Can you speak to the achievement mindset and how to make better first impression? Oh, we covered that. Sorry. Yep. That was okay. me. I, I got the wrong question, folks. We'll edit that. <laughs> Let's go back up and we'll edit this. I'd like for you to address the key points of focus, which include routine, habits, and discipline. Um, how do these critical elements help us achieve ninth stratum? Those three things. Yeah. Um probably the most important things we can do in our life. You know, we all have routines. Um, sometimes we have routines around our, our pet's biological needs, you know, time to walk the dog. Um, you know, but the routines themselves don't necessarily form good habits. And good habits, you know, a habit is a habit, whether it's good or bad. You know, it's the discipline within the routine that helps to set the habit, Right. And so I see, I, I, I talk to a lot of people and they say, you know, here's, here's what my morning looks like. And I hear all these, you know, variations uh, every morning, you know, it's, it's, there's never a consistency in, in what they're doing mm -hmm. and it, it causes them that stress. It causes them that anxiety. So one of the basics that, 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 that I teach is, okay, let's, let's get a morning routine down that works for your schedule. Everybody's schedule is different. But there are five things we can do every morning that set the stage for the achievement mindset and the performance mindset. You know, the first one is probably the hardest one that everybody deals with, but it's the easiest one. Set the alarm and wake up at the bell, right? No snooze button. Because we know as soon as we hit that snooze button, our brain begins to bathe us with, that, with, the, with the sleep uh, hormones again. And we try to get back down into that, into that deep sleep cycle. So, can I add something, Aaron? Can I absolutely. add something? All the psychology, all the studies, sleep is one of the most important things. So mm -hmm. if you're not getting enough sleep, go to bed earlier. Just Absolutely. clear clear and simple because eight hours of sleep is one of the most critical things to your performance and getting a good night's rest too. Yes. Um, you know, I know I have the sleep app on my watch from Apple. A lot of times my wife says, why am I wearing that to bed? Uh, the reality is, is because I do want to look at the analytics. I want to see yeah. how much my heart rate is dipped. I want to see how long I was in deep realm. Yeah, I know I don't have mine on right now. But the point is, is that 
it really seriously, I can't stress this enough. A good night's sleep is probably one of the best things for your performance. I couldn't agree more. And I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> and it's regardless, regardless of what time you wake up or the alarm goes off, because I do know there's many times in a cold morning, you want to just crawl back under the covers <laughs> and not get on the Peloton bike, which was yesterday morning. It was like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. But the point was, is it, the habit, the new habit that you've formed is important, knowing that that's better for you than crawling back under the cover. Oh, yeah. And, 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 and in the book, like, like I said, like, I'm not just going to tell you to do it. I'm going to say, okay, here's how to do it. You know, you're going to put your stuff that you need in another room. We're going to go and turn the lights on, right? And then you're going to wake, you know, shake to wake, right? And then you're going to get your body into that cycle of, okay, now I'm awake. Let's, let's, move, let's move forward. But, you know, it is. It's waking up at the alarm. And then it's like, okay, you know, let's get some physical activity in. Physical activity in the first part of the day has been shown to increase performance, increase focus, increase uh, mental, mental um, uh, your, your positive mental state. So, you know, and listen, 30 minutes, all you need. Just set some time aside. And, you know, I don't care if you have a yoga app on your iPad or yeah. whatever device you're using. You know, a lot of stuff I have to do because, look, I started here at seven with you. Um, the reality is, is that some movement of some type, whether it's walking the dogs or it's doing something like that, as simple as that, but getting the body moving because you're going to feel so much better. I'm glad we covered that because it's such a key area. Now, in the time remaining, yeah. I have two more questions for you. Cool. Uh, I picked a quote out from your book, uh, and I really love this quote from George Bernard Shaw. The single biggest problem in communications is the illusion is the illusion that it has taken place. Okay. Yeah. Uh, can you address some of the types of communications and how utilizing these will assist us in improving being heard, underline, and reaching heightened levels of strata of performance? Yeah. And, and we can go back and, and, and you know, just reflect on our own experiences with, with individuals who are bad communicators, right? You never know what they're what they're driving at. The message is always unclear. Sometimes it's rushed, and you know. So communication is one of those those key performance based skills we really need to focus in on. And in the book, that's one of the chapters we, we focus only on the communication. It's it's verbal, nonverbal, and written communication, right? Especially this day and age with texts and tone in texts, right? We have to be really careful of that. And so we and go through who? a lot of the and yeah. zoom and zoom here we go you know this, this is this is our new way to communicate yeah um, yeah but yeah it, it, it you know we go through the process of understanding <laughs> nonverbal communication and 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 then also working on your verbal communication um whether it's you know your pitch whether it's your tone um you know there's there's all these things we can do as as people trying to communicate uh, the cadence of our communication, um, you know, that we, that we can do to raise our performance and even in emails, right? How many times have you gotten an email? It's like 17 pages long. You're like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. You know, what are the key points in this thing? How do I even pull them out? And it's really trying to boil that down so that you're clear, concise, and organized three things in, in writing an email. So you, you want somebody to understand what the task is or what you need. All right. Lose the fluff. Let's just dive into it and make sure that you have a little bit of finesse in there 
So you're saying, hello, hope you're having a great morning. Here's what, here's the tasks at hand and how can, how can we work on this in a collaborative way? Right. So that's, that's well, a lot of what. And like you said, the nonverbal communication, the way you hold your body, you know, do you come in a meeting with your arms crossed? The other day I was doing a sales training because I still do that. And uh, this young man had his arms crossed and, you know, you, you get a little bit older, you just call people out on their shit. And I said, uh, your arms are crossed, which means you're really not receptive (laughs) to what I'm saying. So if you want to go out of the room and uncross your arms and come back with a different attitude, I'm good with that. But other than that, don't come to the sales meeting. Yeah, Greg, how about how about right. this one? Yeah. How about this one? Right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. What does that tell you? <laughs> so so I know that it I know it takes big huevos to do that, but you yep. know what happened after I did that? Every sales meeting that now he comes into, he's totally alive, awake, and he's engaged, you know. So it was like maybe it just took me calling him out on it to be able to make it happen. But it it was it was what it was. Aaron, hey, you, you, you gave him good what? feedback. You gave him good feedback. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I wasn't afraid to do it. I think maybe if I had been younger, I might have been afraid to do that with somebody, but I wasn't afraid. Um, and and I think it was one of the best things for both of us because it built my confidence up in being able to say it, and it really got him to think about what he was doing, right? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, this book is filled with stories, advice, wisdom about becoming a high performer. High performer means different things to different people. If you were to synopsize your book and provide three practical steps that people could take to move up the stratum, what would you say succinctly, clear, this is what you should inculcate into your being to be a better person and to reach the ninth stratum as much as possible? Yeah, um, the the first and most important thing you can do is really just self-reflection. You know, where are you at today? You know, what are you happy with? What are you striving to be? Where do you want to go? You know, and do you have desire and effort to achieve achieve what you want? Because a lot of us don't know until we really sit down and think about, okay, hey, am I happy where I'm at right now? Did, am, I, am I hitting all the, the five categories of performance? Where am I, where am I deficient? By the way, the S9 um, self-assessment on the, on the website can help with that, can help you determine what skills you need to really work on. Um, but second, second to that is you need to, you need to now take action, right? You need to put the effort into place. And it is, it's, it's getting into that fourth stratum where you begin to seek tools and resource resources and coaching. You know, you have to be a sponge. Um, life is not about knowing everything. It's about saying, I don't know everything and I want to learn as much as I possibly can. Right. And then, you know, taking those next steps to begin to apply, you've, you've got to understand fear and you've got to embrace it. And you've got to be able to recognize when it's happening and say, yeah, this is fear. All right. I'm, I'm experiencing something new right now. Right. Um, and then, and, you know, turning that turning that on its head. And, and you know, that's what's going to get you into that seventh, eighth, ninth stratum. And man, you know, make sure that when you're doing all this. You know, you're looking to get to the level where you can then become a performance leader. We talk about performance leadership a lot. What is a performance leader? Somebody who, who has achieved something. They're really good at something. They have an expertise. And what are they doing? They're going to go out to the masses or the people that, that need help. 
and they're going to be altruistic in their approach. And they're going to say, hey, let me, let me show you something. Let me show you what I've learned. Let me help you get to that next level. That's what true mastery and ninth stratum is all about. Well, those three tips are especially the self-reflection. I will say that because that's where it starts. Okay. And for all of my listeners, go get a copy of the ninth stratum, the ninth stratum from Aaron Salco. Uh, you can get it at Amazon. And then the next thing is go take that assessment, the S-9 assessment at his website. And then they're going to send you the feedback after you take the, the assessment. Um, because then you're going to see where you are. Because the self-assessment is like self-reflection. I mean, let's face it. It's like you're, I presume, I haven't taken it, but I'm going to. Because uh, I want to see what it says. Okay. Um, but I want to thank you for being on the show, sharing your knowledge, your wisdom, because if you look at the, the actual ninth stratum of performance, every word going up the scale of knowledge is knowledge, right? At the bottom, it's competency and over consistency of application. So if you look at those three axes, that's really it. What's the scale of knowledge? What's your competency? And what is the consistency in application? And Aaron, pleasure having you on Inside Personal Growth, sharing your knowledge with us about what it would be like to reach the ninth stratum. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me, Greg. And, uh, you know, here's to a very strong and prosperous 2024. Thanks, Aaron. Have a good holiday season. You too. Thank you for listening to this podcast on Inside Personal Growth. We appreciate your support. And for more information about new podcasts, please go to InsidePersonalGrowth.com or any of your favorite channels to listen to our podcast. Thanks again and have a wonderful day.